Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is almost game time. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is my very good friend. His name is KT Smith. Kevin, how are you today? Doing great, Brian. Ready to ready to talk some Steelers. Let's go. You know what? Before we talk Steelers, I hope you don't mind if I do this and get a little personal, but congratulations goes out to your team for winning the South Jersey Championship last, last weekend. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, Ocean City Red Raiders, let's go. A little shout out to our boys. That's right. Uh, I appreciate that, man. We got a great group of kids. We're undefeated and the Steelers are undefeated. So it's been a pretty awesome fall. Yeah, so 2020 has been weird all the way around, but you throw in the glory of sports to get our minds off everything. It is awesome. So once again, the only time I'm ever going to root for the Raiders are the ones in red. <laughs> That's right, man. Hey, and you're not kidding. It's been a, a godsend to like our our, our uh, kids in our program. You can't imagine what some sense of normalcy means to, you know, 17 and 18 year old kids and just being able to like be out there with their buddies and, you know, granted our success has been cool, but just to have a season means so much to, to these guys, you know, like sometimes we forget about, uh, you know, how much the little things matter to, to younger people. You know, and that's another thing too. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. We, we worry so much each and every week. We've got a 9-0 and team, and we are worried about, well, is the running game going to get it together? Or are we giving up way too many yards the last couple of weeks against the rush? We were ranked number two, and now we're ranked ninth or tenth. And is it all falling apart? And my thing is, don't, don't start thinking too much about tomorrow and enjoy what's going on now, because this has been a really weird devastating year and you have kids that are playing this game the game they love and are lucky to be getting together in all this weirdness and able to play and we're lucky to have a team to follow right now that is doing something that we've never seen before and you and I have been watching this Pittsburgh Steeler team for over 40 years you combine how long we've been watching football it's almost 80 and I'm, I hate to give our ages away, but <laughs> it's, it's something that this is just something that we've got to stop and embrace. And I'm glad your players are able to embrace what's going on and they're thrilled for what's going on. And I know they have another game coming up this weekend. So best wishes to them and to you this weekend. And the Steelers, they're playing a one and eight team in the Jacksonville Jaguars. But just don't think about it as them playing the Jaguars thinking about think about this being all about the Pittsburgh Steelers and once again rejoice what's going on my friend no yeah I'm with you 100 percent you know you have to stop every once in a while and just take a deep breath and really appreciate where you are um you know I think that that's something we forget to do a lot just just as people but as Pittsburgh Steelers fans man if we can't appreciate what's happening right now with, with this team uh shame on us because um like you said, there's a there's a lot of worry about this and that and a lot of projecting like, oh, can we win in January if, if we don't get this straight or that straight? Um, and, and the answer is who knows, man? Nobody knows the answer to that to that right now. But uh, what we do know is is we're playing great football and this is an historic season for the Steelers. So, uh, yeah, man, I mean, we should just really, really enjoy the moment. So what we're going to do is we're going to find out from you a little later on what they need to do to go 10 and 0 and keep it going because I am not even looking for next Thursday night and Thanksgiving night when I am trying to fight my tryptophan coma 
and watch a, a Pittsburgh Steelers football game. I'm not thinking about that. The Steelers and Ravens do not exist in the show tonight. What exists are the Steelers in Jacksonville. And if you've listened to the uh, Steelers stat geek this week, you would be surprised to know that Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers are undefeated in Jacksonville. In Pittsburgh, it's a different story. They struggle in the Mike Tomlin era and even in the Bill Cowher era. era. They struggled against the Jacksonville team. They are 1-4 at home since 2007 under Mike. And they are 3-0 on the road in Jacksonville. And I was at one of those games back in 2015. I was there. It was all Steeler fans. It was so fun to be there. That is a fun stadium. They, I was, I guess, uh, my wife and I weren't hot enough to go into the pool area. Uh, we didn't try. But, you know, they, they, uh, they don't even let you near that pool area up there. But that would be really cool. <laughs> I just anytime I think of Jacksonville, I just think of physical football games, and uh, and the Steelers struggling. You know, like I, I don't ever. I'm sure that there are games, um, you know, that if you if you uh, jog my memory, where we could we would look at and and the Steelers would have won going away. But I think back to 2018 down there when we uh, it took a uh, Ben Roethlisberger stumble across the goal line with like two seconds to play uh, to to win. Uh, or, or uh, 2017 when they handed it to us in the playoffs in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, I think back to 2007, Mike Tomlin's first year. when they Wody Moore. Pittsburgh. Yeah, man. You know, came up to Pittsburgh and David Garrard, you know, uh, was running like a fullback through our defense. And it just always feels like it's a struggle against Jacksonville. And, you know, the Steelers better not be looking ahead this week uh, to Baltimore because, you know, the Jaguars, uh, they're playing. They're playing some pretty good football for a one and eighteen. Uh, they they took uh, Houston to the wire two weeks ago, twenty seven twenty five. They lost. Uh, they lost. Green Bay had to come back in the final two minutes to beat them last week up in Lambeau. So you know they're uh, they're they're one and eight, but they're hungry. They are hungry, and you have always got to look for the letdown against a team like this. Mike Tomlin said it last week. Everybody is playing their Super Bowl when they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. He didn't say it quite like that. He said, we're going to get everybody's best. And the reason you're going to get everybody's best, you want to beat that king of the mountain. Right now, the Steelers are the king of the mountain because they are undefeated and they have a chance to go 10-0. and And the odds get better as you keep on going. Already, every single 10-0 and team has gone to the playoffs in the postseason. So right now, you kind of know that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to go to the postseason unless there's an epic collapse. But the problem with that is now just going to the postseason for the first time after missing it the last two years, that's not good enough. Not just winning a playoff game is good enough. When you have a start like this, there's so much more that you want to look for, but you've got to beat the teams like Jacksonville. And I keep on saying this each and every week. The reason the Steelers are very special this year is because in past years, they could get behind a team and barely be able to come back and struggle to do so. This is a team that that if they're down, if they're facing adversity like they did in Baltimore and in Dallas, they find and muster up the courage to come out and say, all right, kidding around's now over. It is time to take this team down. And that's exactly what they do, Kevin. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, they definitely would have lost that Dallas game, and that would have been, you know, the uh, the, the so-called Tomlin loss. And then uh, behind the steel curtain would have blown up with 400 comments, about, <laughs> you know, um, I, I love the, I love Tomlin's quote when he said, uh, you know, this isn't like a, a big 10 versus Mac game, uh, you know, and then Roethlis, Ben Roethlisberger took some offense to that. And he said, uh, uh, you know, I'll clap back at coach when I, as soon as I figure out what conference William and Mary is in, that was a, <laughs> that was a good comeback on his part. That's great. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, for sure, man. You know, I mean, I think that I, but I think that I think the Steelers are cognizant of this, you know, I mean, like if you're talking openly about, you know, the letdown game, then you're obviously aware, uh, you know, of the, you know, the fact, you know, these are two NFL teams. So um, I think that the Steelers are going to, I think they'll be ready. I don't think they're looking ahead. Uh, I think they're, they're just kind of, they've had it sort of like ingrained in them this year that, Hey, you know, you every year you guys lose a game. You shouldn't. Um, so they, they feel professional and mature and prepared. They, they definitely feel like they're a team on a mission, Kevin. So that's what I'm looking at here. Now, when I look at the offensive stats, a lot of people are down on the Steelers because they do not have tremendous stats, but here's the thing. If you are winning in the fourth quarter, you try to go to the run and you are not trying to light it up. This is not a brand of brand of Steelers football that's really lighting up stats but they're lighting up one stat that counts so if you look at the rankings the first three rankings are so close on the offensive side of the ball as far as total yards Steelers 24th Jags 25th as far as passing Steelers 18th Jags 19th as far as running the ball Steelers 24th Jags 26th which is really interesting because they have good running backs they have very good running backs on both sides of the ball. You've got James Robinson. He's banged up a little bit. And you have James Conner, who is fantastic, but hasn't been getting the opportunities the last couple of games. And I want to ask you about that before we go any further. What is more of the problem with the running game? Is it more of the fact that the Steelers are more hell-bent on doing the bubble screens and back to the Todd Haley way of running the ball by passing those short passes that are moving the chain so much more, or is it a fact that the offensive line is not opening up lanes, or is it the fact that James Conner and the boys are slowing down a little bit? I mean, I see it kind of as a three, threefold issue. First of all, um, Last week, they didn't have Vance McDonald, and he's really important to the run game. I mean, he's the guy that when they run their counter uh, gap plays and some of their pin and pull sweeps, where he's the guy who usually comes from the backside of the formation to wrap up to the play side linebacker uh, or, you know, is one of the guys who's responsible for pinning the edge when they run those pin and pull sweeps. And he wasn't there. And, you know, I mean, Eric Ebron's been doing a great job uh, this year in both as both a receiver and, and a blocker, but you know, he's not an inline blocker. He's not a guy that you put on, you know, down in a three point stance and ask him to, to like, you know, cave in the defensive tackle or defensive end. So he struggled a little in that regard. So you're missing McDonald, you know, secondly, I just, I don't, I don't know why they were so insistent on running the stretch and outside zone concepts last week, I guess because they, they, they knew that they weren't going to run a lot of pin and pull without McDonald. So they had to attack the edge somehow. So they went to the stretch scheme, but that's just not James Conner's game, man. He's not, he's not a, a horizontal runner. He's got to be a vertical runner. Um, 
and you get his shoulders turned towards the sideline, that's a win for the defense. So I didn't like, you know, the reliance on that. And then the last thing is just, uh, you know, in fairness to Connor, there, there wasn't a whole lot of push up front. Uh, this is not a, an overly physical offensive line. We don't just blow people off the football. Um, and so, you know, I think that I think without McDonald that, and with a limited scheme that, that all of those sort of weaknesses were exposed last week. So it sounds like you were saying what I've been thinking about all along. The Steelers do not have a James Conner problem. I mean, it's, you know, it's so hard to assess, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I've, I just don't think Connor has great vision. That's my complaint with Connor. I don't think that he has the, you know, the, the kind of, you know, sort of patience and vision that we got used to with Le'Veon Bell and that this offensive line is really built for, you know, if we had a different kind of line, if we had five Kevin Dotsons up front, then I think Connor would be a great back for this offense. But I do, I do have some concerns about the marriage of Connor and this offensive line. I just, I'm not positive. It's a great, it's a great fit. Um, but, you know, again, in a, in a more of a power gap scheme, I think he's a heck of a running back. He's a downhill one cut square shoulders, you know, kind of guy. Well, that adds some great clarity to it. So I thank you for that. Now let's look at the defensive side of the ball. This is a tale of two teams. You've got a great defense on one side and a defense that is struggling and if I were to give you Jacksonville and to tell you that they rank highest at 25th in one category, which one would you think it was out of the big four with the big four being total yards, passing yards, rushing yards, and points per game? Um, that's, <laughs> that's not, nothing to be proud of. Uh, the 25th is your best. Yeah, of those absolutely. But um I mean, I'm going to uh, – I don't even know. Uh, I, it's, I'm going to guess that it's total points. Actually, no. Okay. The answer is they are 25th against the rush, which okay. goes back to what we were talking about. That gives James Conner and the offense a better opportunity to run the ball. Then you look everywhere else here. Their, uh, their next highest rank is 30th, and that's against the pass – given up 283.9 yards a game total yards. They are one away from the bottom at 31st. And the big thing for me is that they are 31st. When you're looking at points, points per game, 30.1. Now the amazing thing about this, and we didn't mention this because I got off of it when I was talking earlier and we started talking about the running game, the Steelers are tied for fourth on the offensive side of the ball with how many points per game, Kevin? We got to be right right around. Well, it probably came down a little bit last week. Um, so it probably 28, 29. I set you up because it's the same exact amount that Jacksonville's giving up. 30.1 yards per okay. game. How about that? I mean, if you're averaging 30 points a game and you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, with the defense that you have, I mean, obviously that's a, a big reason why you're 9-0. Yeah, that, that's really tailing the tail right there. Now, on the defensive side of the ball for the Steelers, <laughs> their worst rank is ninth. And of all things, it's against the rush. And you would have never thought that at the beginning of the season. But they're only giving up 106.8 yards a game. Three weeks ago, they were second. And they have just played Baltimore, 
Dallas, who ran the ball well against them, and they they gave up 137 yards against Cincinnati. But the problem was they gave up 37 of those garbage time yards on a fake punt. So that's something that I mean you could look at the rank there, but know that that was a fluke that they, they really held a team to 100 yards, pretty much on the ground. Yeah. What can I ask you a real a real quick side question? Yeah. What did you think? What did you think about that fake punt call last week? I thought it was very Harbosh, except for <laughs> except for they were not they were not winning at the time. And we joke all the time on the Steelers preview. We have a nickname that I coined last year, calling him Wang Harbs, and uh, okay. just because I started calling him that derogatory name, calling him a Wang. And uh, next thing you know, it's stuck, and that's been his nickname in BTSC Nation. I just think it was a garbage call, um, a garbage play call, because you're, that's how you're going to move the chains. To me, it's the equivalent of a bunt to break up a no-hitter. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good analogy. Uh, I thought the same thing, man. I was just uh, – I, I kind of understand why they did it. You know, you're, you're getting hammered by, by a better team. You want to be able to have some success and something that you can – you know, sort of say, uh, you know, hey, we, we put some points on the board here. Uh, but to not have to, to have to use a gimmick at the end to do it is, yeah, exactly what you just said, man. I just thought, like, it's a JV move. Yeah, not a big fan of it, and I agree, and I'm glad you brought that up. So if we look at the rest of the rankings, the big thing here is total yards, they're sixth. You know, against the pass, they're fifth. But the big thing here. Both categories, offense and defense, points per game. I've never seen the the Steelers this high on both sides of the ball. We just talked about them being tied for fourth with 30.1. So they are tied, excuse me, not tied. They are third with 19.0. So this year, the final score so far through nine games is the Steelers 30.1 to 19. So that's a... An 11 point win every single time. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, if we're being honest about it, I think you'd kind of expect us to be in that ballpark, um, you know, maybe even a slightly greater disparity uh, this weekend, uh, you know, provided the Steelers play well. Absolutely. And we will talk about that and we will actually predict those scores towards the end of the show. But first, we are going to go ahead and take a break. We'll be back right after this on the Steelers pregame show. Here we go from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to Here We Go, the pregame show for the Pittsburgh Steelers. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is Kevin Smith. 
And I got to tell you, Kevin, I am so pumped up. The game is getting ready to begin. The Steelers have an opportunity to go 10 and 0. And I tell you what, it's rarefied air for us and it feels so awesome. Yeah, I don't, you know, there, there haven't been a whole lot of 10 and 0 teams that I can think of, you know, in my lifetime. I mean, I remember my, I think I was a senior in college. The Giants played the, the San Francisco 49ers on a, Monday night football game with the Joe Montana 49ers against the Lawrence Taylor Giants in 1990. Is that what it was? Yeah. And the Giants. Yeah, it was were, my birthday. Okay. And it was a great game. It ended up like a 10 7 or a 7 3 game, something like that. But, um, you know, that, that, that's one memory of a 10 0 team. And I know, you know, obviously the Patriots, the year they had Randy Moss, were 16 0, you know, but, uh, you know, we're starting to get you're starting to get into that, you know, it's coming up on December and uh, the Steelers haven't lost the game yet, man. So here's the thing. The uh, Patriots did go 16 and 0. They did not win the Super Bowl. There has yes. no, there has been no team to win their first 15 games of the season. Um, the only team to have done that has been the Patriots, but they did not win. There's no team that was 15 and one after winning their first 15 games. Uh, the, the 14 win teams there's only been one 14 win team to actually when i say 14 win team starting out with the first 14 wins of the season and that was the miami dolphins the only team to do that to win the super bowl now there has been a couple 13 and 0 teams to start the season that way and win it and that was new orleans and it was also the denver broncos of 1998 there is a team that uh, has won the first 12 games, 11 and 10 to go on and win the Super Bowl as well. So the Steelers are in rarefied air. They're still about, if I'm not mistaken, there's 20 teams in the Super Bowl era that have gone at least 10 and 0 to start a season. If you get an opportunity, check out Dave Schofield's historical significance articles after every win the past couple weeks where he breaks down the historical significance of the Steelers being nine and zero, And he just published that on behind the on Sunday after the game. So it's a really cool thing to check out. Go ahead and uh, search that in the uh, search engine, wherever you uh, go ahead and search for btsc.com. You will find it there. That's a pretty good article, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I love, uh, following dave's numbers man they uh you know they, i always find like little nuggets in there that i'm like oh i didn't know that yeah you know what we we are blessed um to have a stat guy like dave to have a uh, a commentary guy like tony defio then we've got x's and o's guys like you and jeffrey benedict and we've got commentary guys we've got news guys like jeff hartman I, I just write bizarre crap in there that uh, just <laughs> just weird stuff that uh, that comes from uh, outside the bun is like I, I like to call it. But I just it's we have such a great mix. We have great writers like Michael Beck on here, Shannon White, um, everybody else that I have already mentioned. Um, really proud of of the staff that we have here. So uh, a lot of great perspectives on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, so check that out. But when we're talking about perspective, we want to talk about how the Steelers could go 10-0, and 0, and it all starts with Jacksonville without looking ahead. Is there any part of this that you feel that Jacksonville has an opportunity to win, and how do you think they would do it 
if they could. Well, earlier you mentioned James Robinson, the the, uh, the rookie running back, um, who I guess through his first nine games has gained more yards than any undrafted rookie in in you know NFL history, which is impressive. You know, he's coming out of Illinois State, which is an FBS program, and um, or I should say, an FCS program, and um, and he's he's a tough back. I mean, he's a physical runner, and uh, he's a downhill, you know, that kind of one cut downhill guy. Um, and, you know, I mean, as, as we've say, said before, the Steelers have had some issues with stopping the run. They're going to have to make an interesting decision on how much they want to play in their base defense. Because two weeks ago at Dallas, they played a lot of base 3-4 uh, because, you know, da- Dallas was starting Garrett Gilbert. Uh, and he was very inexperienced at quarterback. And we figured that, this, that uh, the Cowboys would try to uh, pound the ball some with Ezekiel Elliott. But what Dallas did in turn was they, you know, they used a lot of shifts and motions to get their receivers matched up against Steelers linebackers since the Steelers were in the three, four. And, you know, they wound up at one point getting CD lamb on, on TJ Watt and coverage. And they, and they hit that for a touchdown. And anytime you got TJ Watt and Bud Dupree dropping into coverage, you know, that's a win for the offense because you're taking away their pass rushing ability. So it'd be interesting to see, will the Steelers focus on, uh, Robinson and the run game and play a lot of base or will they bank on being able to stop the run with their sub packages like we did last week last week in Cincinnati we played a ton of nickel and dime and we were able to you know confuse um, Joe Burrow with a lot of coverage disguises while at the same time you know limiting the run so to me that's a, a big thing to look for what how are the Steelers going to uh, defend Jacksonville? Is it going to be sub packages or is it going to be base three, four? So let me ask you this. James Robinson is very good, but is there another player on this team that is going to keep you awake at night? Well, are we all talking offense still? Or offense. Defense? Let's stay on the offensive side. Uh, I mean, the, the big receiver, uh, uh, DJ Chark. I mean, he's a, he's a explosive guy, six, four and, has some field stretching ability, but the Steelers have done a pretty good job, uh, you know, limiting big play receivers. The uh, the quarterback, man, Jake, is it Luton or Luton? I mean, I I don't even know how you pronounce his last name, to be quite honest with you. I believe it's Luton. Uh-huh. Okay. He's, he's, he's started two games so far, and he looked great. He had a great debut against the Texans two weeks ago. He was like 26 out of 38, and he threw for over 300 yards. But, um, you know, then Green Bay had got some film on him last week and and they re- they really played coverage on him and, uh, you know, forced him to have to read the field and throw into some tight windows. And, and he wasn't nearly as effective. Um, so, you know, he's he, I don't know if I would call him a player I'm worried about, but to me, he's an enigma because, you know, we just don't know. I mean, what's his body of, of work is not you know large enough for us to get a really great feel for. So, again, I'll be very interested to see how the Steelers choose to defend him. Are they going to bring heat or are they going to play coverage? They played coverage on Burrow um, and and did a great job with it. So, you know, we might see that again. You have young kids, don't you? Yep, two and seven. So probably one of the most annoying songs that you could ever think of right now makes me think of the receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that's DJ Chark, DJ Chark, and you know, you're going to, 
I was literally just thinking of that song. <laughs> so I guarantee you, you're putting them to bed the next couple of nights. That's going to come out of your mouth. <laughs> if there, if there's a hell, I think, right. I think like the elevator ride to hell, they just play that song over and over and over again. You know, like <laughs> that, that, and that's what the Fox says, but I digress. Um, so I, I got to say this, Joe Hayden, has been magic against tall receivers. And we saw that again last week. He played pretty well. And they're they're putting they're putting this guy up against big players and he does so much better. We saw it a couple of years ago against Julio Jones. He's done well against AJ Green. Now I know AJ Green has lost a step, but I'm even talking about two years ago. So what is it about Joe Hayden that makes him step up against these huge guys? I think he's a competitor and he's a chip on the shoulder kind of guy. You know, he's a smaller corner. How many times do you think Joe Hayden's heard in his career, you know, oh, they're going to put the big receiver on you and, and take advantage of the size mismatch. You know, like I'm sure that he rises to those occasions. He probably welcomes, you know, go ahead, put the big, put the big tall dude on me and try and throw, you know, nine routes and fade balls all night. And uh, you know, and let's see how that goes. So I love, I love him as a competitor. I still think that he's undervalued here you know there was a lot of talk about you know his contracts too big and this and that I mean look how much the past defense has improved since since he arrived and it's not just him obviously the whole secondary has arrived but he's a huge or uh, uh improved but he's a huge piece of it and you know I, I think he's a competitor man he's a professional he works on his craft and I think he loves the challenge let's talk about the Jacksonville defense Jalen Ramsey's gone uh, can never pronounce his name. He's in Baltimore now, Nagakoe. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I, I still can't pronounce it. And uh, everybody tells me what it is. He's gone. Calais Campbell's gone. Miles Jack has left. Is he the only guy that we can note right now on that defense? I think Joe Schobert, the linebacker, is a pretty good player. I like Schobert. Yeah, he's a good run stopper. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're young, man. They're uh, They've got – they got four guys uh, who are either undrafted or were um, or were drafted in the seventh round or later, and they've got uh, you know four other guys who are 24 years old or younger starting on that defense. So they are young, inexperienced, and lacking in, in pedigree. Um, you know, you mentioned their numbers before. Um, you know, they're they're near the bottom of the league in most of the relevant statistical categories. They're dead last in the league in sacks. Uh, so that does not bode well for them. You know, I mean, I would I would imagine that, you know, the ball's going to be in the air uh, on Sunday because of just the inexperience on the defense and the inability to get to Ben Roethlisberger. Steelers have scored 30.1 points per game. As we talked about earlier, the Jacksonville Jaguars have given up 30.1 yards per excuse me, points per game. So here's my question. Is there any way that the Steelers are under 30.1 points per game in this game? I mean, if you say, is there any way I would say yes, only because like we said earlier, I just, I just have it sort of like burned into my memory that whenever we play Jacksonville, it's a struggle. Um, You know, this year might be different because again, man, this is a, this is a better offense and, and they're, they're a worse defense. So uh, I'll be maybe disappointed if we don't score 30 points, but I won't be shocked. So what do the Steelers have to do to make sure 
that they just blow out this team? I mean, you know, I, I would expand the no huddle package. I, I think that that's been really uh, effective for us the last couple of weeks. You know, that we, we, it's evolved, which is interesting. You know, two weeks ago, or three weeks ago against Baltimore, we, we ran some of it with the, in the zero one personnel group with, with four, uh, four receivers plus Eric Ebron tight end. And then, you know, we did a little bit more of that against Dallas as well. And then last week we ran a lot of it out of 11 personnel, uh, taking Ray Ray McLeod off the field and, and bringing James Conner on. So that shows me that, you know, like there's, we're going to maybe see some different iterations of, of this, you know, and I would love to see it in, you know, like a, a five wide package or, or a 12 personnel package. I think against Jacksonville, uh, given the fact that Schobert struggles in coverage, that it's a great opportunity to run some 11 and 12 personnel, you know, no, five wide, no huddle and, and try to make him cover and exploit the middle of the field. The Steelers have been really good throwing the ball in the middle of the field and trying to watch Joe, Joe Schobert chase, you know, Deontay Johnson or even Eric Ebron across the middle of the field. That's, that's just a mismatch. So, you know, I would, I'd, I'd turn it over to Roethlisberger. I mean, if, if we say, Hey, you know, Jacksonville's 25th in the league against the run, let's just pound the ball at Adam. I don't know. We're not a pound the ball at your team. I think, I think that really showed itself uh, the last two weeks against Dallas and Cincinnati. So, you know, I would, for me, man, let's keep doing what we're doing and, and find, uh, find newer ways to do it. Absolutely. So let's go ahead with a final score on this game. Who are you picking Kevin? So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Steelers, uh, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 34, 13, 34, 14. Um, I like him really in the second half pulling away. I do too. I am going a little bold, a little bizarre, actually real bizarre. When I go ahead and say to you, I'm going to go Pittsburgh Steelers 38. And of all things, Jacksonville Jaguars zero. The shutout. Yeah. That's a, that's a bold prediction. Yeah. You know, I'm doing my Vinny Vega from Pulp Fiction. It's a bold statement. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I certainly uh, wouldn't discount it. You know, I, you know, the shutout is just so hard in the NFL because you never, you know, there's always some freak thing. Uh, and the ability of kickers these days, man. I mean, the kickers are so good. You cross midfield and you're practically in field goal range these days, you know? So, um, I, you know, I, I've loved it. When, when's, when's the last Steelers shutout? Uh, do we have one last year? I can't remember. Gosh, I don't think, I don't think it's been, man, it's been a while. And you know what? I would not go to Vegas and bet on that. It's yeah. bold and bizarre and it's free when I do it here. And then just, free. if I'm wrong, you just say, Hey dude, you're wrong. I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> don't take me to Vegas. Right. Right. Yeah. Jeff's going to dock your pay. I heard if you're wrong. <laughs> I'm making Jeff money. We don't have to worry about that. <laughs> How awful and cocky does that sound? I, I, I'm joking because I'm actually a real humble guy when it comes to that kind of thing. Uh, with that being said, though, I'm so excited for this game, Kevin. It is going to be fantastic game because the Pittsburgh Steelers are in it. And once again, James Ferrier used to say it. Mike Tomlin used to say it. It's a five-star matchup because the Pittsburgh Steelers are in it. So I'm really excited about it. And, you know, I know this is a Jacksonville's a wild card team. Now, I'm not talking about in the sense of the playoffs. I'm just talking about they're always going to give the Steelers fit. 
They have that winning record against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I believe it's 13-11, if I'm not mistaken. I did not do my complete homework on that, but it's somewhere in that area. And I just think that uh, they could be tough, but this is a different Pittsburgh Steelers team, a team on a mission, Kevin. Yeah, to me, this is a really uh, interesting and important game because, like we said earlier in the show, you got Baltimore on Thanksgiving night. Um, and, you know, it, I would bet money that the Steelers have prepared for Baltimore some this week, you know, that they've prepared both for uh, Jacksonville and Baltimore. And I know that some people out there would be like, that's insane. You know, like, why would you do that? that that's a thing that, that teams do, man. They, you know, when they have a short week coming up and they know and they plan for it weeks in advance that they know, especially when it's against a division rival, they know that there's some things that, that, that they want to work on you know, in advance. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they've done a little Baltimore uh, preparation this week. Uh, but, but to me, this is like a, a, pro, a professional, it's like a pros pro kind of football game. We got to go down there and take care of business, play a solid football game, you know, not have to struggle and pull this thing out at the very, very last minute. And, and if the Steelers can do that, I think it's a great sign. I think it really should, will show, you know, the level of maturity on, on this team. If it can be just a workmanlike, you know, win in Jacksonville. And it's been a very mature team so far. And don't forget, Jacksonville is a team that is dilapidated. They have given away a lot of their talent. They are playing on a shoestring budget. It's almost like they are going all out for a guy like Trevor Lawrence. They're going to have to fight the Jets for that they're probably kicking themselves uh the management is for winning that first game of the season but i've got to tell you this there's a, a quarterback at ohio state i believe his name's fields is that right justin fields he's a stud and that can would, be go he, ahead he's he's my uh i mean trevor lawrence is great too but i you know to me justin fields is, is kind of the future you know quarterbacks like like him are the future of the league and like if you could put if you could put a dude on the Steelers a year from now, I mean that's the that's my guy. But the bottom line of the whole thing is if the Pittsburgh Steelers are who we think they are, and more important, who they think they are, they win this game running away. And that's what we're gonna hope for. So once again, Kevin, thanks so much for hanging out with me on the Steelers pregame show. Here we go. It's almost here. Yep, 10 and 0, man. Let's go. All right, let's do it. For Kevin Smith, my name is Brian Anthony Davis with BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all of your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. I've got a feeling, my friends, it's going to be a good day. Do not look past Jacksonville, but grab that terrible towel. Let's start rooting. We'll see you next week, my friends. Good night. <laughs>